All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of DC's Real Talk. I want to thank you for your support and helping me continue to do this podcast. I am now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube, as well as having www.dcsrealtalk.com. Please visit my website for past and future guests, as well as links to all my episodes. Please give me a follow, a like, or a review. And as always, if you know somebody or you would like to be on my podcast, please reach out to me so that I can make that happen. And also, if you have any ideas or suggestions on how I can make this better, please let me know that as well. Because ultimately, I want this to be the best podcast it can be. So with that being said, today's podcast is just me. And here's the reason for that. When I started this podcast, my ultimate goal behind it was to help people. So I believe that the people that I've had on have either been able to tell my listeners um, about uh, a service that they can possibly use to help their help themselves, or um, at least it's brought attention to something such as you know getting help with mental health, or even just gave them an hour of an enjoyment you know enjoying conversation. So with that being said, last week. Um, I went on a trip and got to meet some high net worth individuals and tried to expand my network to try and, you know, ultimately hit my end goals. And I really learned a, a, quite a few things or heard a couple things that I want to relate to you guys, because in just a short week, they really have helped my mindset. So here was the first thing I learned. Um, I got to talk to Sean Whalen. And for those of you that don't know, he owns the company called Lions Not Sheep, which I have um, a couple of their hats and a a shirt. And so when I was sitting down talking to him, one of the things he mentioned is everybody uh, talks about their why. You know, when somebody says, you know, why do you work so much or why do you, you know, do this or why do you do that? People always mention, well, here's my why. You know, I want to make my family proud or I want to do this or I want to do that. And a couple episodes ago on here, I actually had some people on and they talked about um, in their business. They try and help people and they the first thing they do is ask them, what's their why? So him and I were talking about that and he told me something. He said, here's the deal. A lot of people, when you ask what their why is, they'll give you a BS answer because either they think you want to hear that or they need to hear themselves say that. But he said the first thing he did was he broke down his why and he hammered it out. No fancy frilly stuff, no trying to impress people and, you know, just come up with the legit why you work or why you're trying to get better, or why you're trying to do anything. But get to the real, real reason why you're doing it. Because one, it's going to give you significantly more conviction, and it's not going to make it feel like work because you're going to be purpose-driven. And so I've heard that kind of stuff to some extent. But here's the two things that he brought up that I never really thought of that I think could benefit you guys. So he said, one, you've got to get that why, and don't BS it. You, you know internally what your legit reason is. So write that down. But then the two things he came up with was how and your who. And so to explain that, 
he asked me, he said, okay, so when you get to your why and you know your end game, who do you have to legitimately be in order to hit that? Because, you know, there's a lot of times when you want something, but you're not capable of getting that based off of what you're doing right now. And so we went over a couple of different things. And, you know, when we talked about my ultimate end goal, he asked me, okay, so if I was able to do all that stuff tomorrow, give you all that stuff tomorrow, could you maintain it? Could you build on it? And legitimately, the, the human being you are right now, could you maintain that? And I told him, I can't. Um, I, I legitimately can't. It's not that I don't want it. It's not that I wouldn't work ridiculously hard towards it. It's just I'm not built for that yet, which brings in the how. So then he said, okay, so you know the type of individual you have to be to hit that goal. Now, how do you transform yourself from what you are to who you have to be to hit that why? So I thought that was really fascinating because, again, I've never thought of the, well, who do I have to be to do that? And then also, how do I become that? You know, it, it, a lot of people, I feel like, you know, when they want to hit their goal, it's like, well, how are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to work harder. Okay, but what does that mean? Um, so, you know, really, really break that down. So I thought that was really fascinating, and I love talking to him about that. The, the next thing that, you know, I, I learned, and I thought this was really cool, um, and it, it really helps with optimism. So one of the things is they asked, if I give you a million dollars tomorrow, how excited would you be? And I said, well, heck yeah, I'd be excited. Of course I'd be excited. And he goes, okay. Well, now let me ask you this. If I gave you $10 million tomorrow, how excited would you be? I said, beyond excited. I mean, crazy excited. He said, okay, final thing. If I gave you $100 million tomorrow, how excited are you? And of course, it's like, I'd be beyond excited. I mean, I can't even fathom that, right? And he goes, okay, here's the only um, issue with the $100 million. In order for me to give you $100 million today, you don't get to wake up tomorrow. And so, of course, then you're like, well, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't take $100 million today to live, you know, to be dead tonight. And so when they pointed that out, he said, okay, so knowing that if you would be that excited to get that hundred million dollars, why are you like, you just told me you wouldn't give that up to go into tomorrow. So if that's the case, why are you not waking up every single day beyond excited to tackle the day and to get at it? Because ultimately Somebody could offer you a billion dollars today. They could offer you anything you want, but there's no way you would probably trade that to know you don't get to get up tomorrow. So the ability and the privilege of waking up tomorrow and working towards something and you know building relationships, making connections and stuff like that, that ultimately is the ultimate prize. And so when he put it in that kind of perspective, it was like, man, you know, it, it does make it much easier because think about the people that, you know, they don't get offered a hundred million dollars and they don't get to wake up tomorrow and see their family 
they don't get to wake up and see their friends. So it really kind of put a, a different light on it for me in the fact that it's like, you know what, wake up ready, be pumped for the day, be excited and know that today is an unbelievable opportunity. So make the absolute most of it. So I thought that was really cool. Um, the next thing that they really hammered on was your legit circle. Okay. And so to break down on that, one of the things that, that a bunch of these guys talked about is too many people want to be something great or someone great, but they're not hanging out with the people that put them in that position. They're too concerned with hanging out with their old friends because they've been friends for ages, or they're too concerned with wanting to hang out with people they haven't known for very long, but they're very close, but they're not pushing you towards what you ultimately want to be. And so one of the things that they mentioned is uh, they said your circle needs to be your group that you know without a doubt they are ride or die for you, but it's also a mutual thing. You would do anything for them if they came to you and they know that they could rely on you if they needed to. And so what they did was they had us pick something that recently has become rather important to us. And then think about your group as how it relates. So the one thing that I could think of right off the top of my head is I was like, well, what about my podcast? You know, um, I started this, I don't know, four or five months ago, six months ago, whatever it might be. And, um, you know, it's something that I genuinely want to be successful. Uh, I'm, I'm not realistically think I'm, I'm the next Joe Rogan, but I want it to be successful. And so I told them that and they said, okay, well, so does every friend you have listen to every podcast you do? And I said, no, of course not. Like, um, they don't. And he said, okay, but do they all know that you have your podcast? I said, I do. They do. He said, okay, do they know that you want it to be successful and you're doing everything you can to make it successful? And I said, yeah, I believe so. I mean, I've mentioned it to them multiple times. I wear a hat with it on it. Um, I tell them about it. I ask them about it, you know, like if they listen to it. And so he said, okay, so if, uh, do you have certain people that listen to every episode? And I said, I do know that there are a couple of select people that do listen to every episode because they always write me or they always comment about it um, or they'll message me or they'll tell me, hey, I, I let my mom listen to this one and she loved it. And so she's going to start listening. And so by hearing that, he said, those are the type of people that you need in your corner. And um, because in the way they put it was what if, if somebody's a legit friend trying to help you get to the next level, if they know you're busting your rear to do something, why would they not want to help you? And so I told them, I said, OK, I get that. But at the same time, not everybody listens to podcasts, you know, um, so. I, I don't get too upset about that. And he mentioned, he said, okay, so the, your friends that don't listen to your podcast, they never listen to music. They never listen to podcasts. They never listen to anything in their car. And I said, well, no, I'm sure they listen to music in their car. And he said, okay, so they couldn't just throw on your podcast to listen to it 
knowing that it generally helps you out. Um, the next time they get in their car, and I said, well, I guess they could. He said, yeah. So they're consciously making an effort not to help you out. And so, you know, that kind of hit me because it's like, that is true. You know, not everybody listens to podcasts, but everybody listens to music. Everybody listens to cars or, you know, when they're in their car or when they're at work, they have it in the background. So, you know, just by listening to it, it's going to help my podcast with the algorithms and all that stuff. Even if they listen to it for 10 minutes, you know, um, it, it would help me further this podcast, which means something to me. The other thing is they asked me is they said, okay, so if all your friends and stuff know about it, uh, do they all help you on social media with it? And I said, you know what? There's a couple of people that I know for a fact when I post an episode on my Twitter, my Instagram, um, you know, my website, I know they're going to like it and they share it, um, you know, and, and that, that was a big deal because, again, that's trying to help me. And I said, OK, but I understand that. But a lot of people aren't going to want to put my stuff on their on their website and or, you know, on their Instagram, like, listen to this. And he asked me, he said, why? And I said, well, that's their Instagram or that's their, uh, you know, whatever, Twitter. And he said, yeah, but if it's to help out a friend, would you not do it? And which made me think about it. And I said, you know what? Yeah, I actually would. Like, I know that if I had a friend truly busting their rear to do something, if all it took was me clicking a button to help them, then I absolutely would do that. And, you know, and one of the other things is, you know, if somebody got upset and they asked one of my friends, why are you always reposting this guy's, you know, episode or why are you always liking this or whatever? If your friend wouldn't be like, this is my friend that I'm genuinely trying to help build something special. What does that tell you about how they value your friendship? What does that tell, how does that tell you they value you? So that was another thing that really kind of hit me. And so like they said, you don't need 50 friends. If you can have four or five people that you know, no matter what got your back and are willing to help you when you need help and they know if they need help, they can come to you without batting an eye, then you're going to be significantly further ahead. Um, and, and so speaking of friends, the next thing that they really ha- uh, hammered on was don't try and help people that don't want to help themselves. And because it basically takes up too much of your energy, too much of your time. So not to harp on this, but this podcast, for example, was another case that really hit me when it, when it came to this. Um, I, I typically try and help everybody I can. Um, but there, there was multiple people that I know that have businesses or have a product or are doing something that they need eyes. They need to expand. They need to grow. And I have told people about, it. I've taken people to them. I've shared their stuff. I've done all that stuff to try and help them. So then when I came to them and said, give me an hour of your time to talk about your business, you know, to help you and me, they, they didn't do it. And so one that shows that they either don't believe that what I'm doing is valuable. So if that's the case, why help? And two, 
even if they didn't think that's valuable to necessarily their business, the fact that I've helped them in the past, why is it such an inconvenience to help me on something? So the whole takeaway from that, um, again, was if you constantly help somebody and they're not willing to help themselves, then don't help them. Focus your energy on people and projects that genuinely help you and those that are close to you move further. And so I've got two more of these. Hopefully I haven't lost you by now because, again, when you genuinely sit down and think this stuff through, I 100% in the bottom of my heart believe this will help you. And the next thing that they mentioned was your true joys. And what that was is they said to try and find one, two, three, four, maybe five things that are absolutely, truly joyful to you. And in the fact that no matter what mood you're in, no matter where you're doing it, no matter who you're doing it with, it legitimately brings you joy. And find out what those are and then do whatever you can to do as much of that in your life as possible. And then also do as much as you can to let other people know about it and bring your passion to it because maybe it can bring that much joy to somebody else. So for example, in my case, one of the first things that popped to my mind was F1. I absolutely love F1 with a passion. Um, It does not matter if I'm in the worst mood or if I have to get up a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago, I had to get up at 2 a.m. to watch it. Um, it does not matter. I am not missing a Formula One practice. I am not missing a Formula One qualifying. And people know, don't even bother to ask me to miss a race. I'm not doing it. And I have told so many people about that show, Drive to Survive. And they have told me, you know, I don't like cars or I don't care about racing. And I say, just listen to it, watch it. And it's, it's more than what you think. And I now have a select group of friends that we talk F1. We, we send F1 memes, we send this, we send that. And it's unbelievable how many of them have then told somebody else, I know you don't care about cars. I know you don't care about racing, but you got to watch this show. And now they're huge fans. And it gives me a connection to people that wasn't already there. And then also being able to have people that are close to me come watch that with me is an absolute win. There is nothing more fun to me than the start of the race when those lights go green and it's a race down into turn one. My boy Charles is cutting Max off. The adrenaline from that is just so much fun. And I just absolutely love it. So that was one of those cases where when they said find true joys and embrace them and find it, keep that in your life as much as possible. So what I'm saying about that is find a thing or two that when you think about it, you get as passionate and excited and just adrenaline rush about it like I do with the F1 and then tell people about it. So then maybe they can get into it and then that makes a connection for you and can just further build relationships. And who knows, 
they could ultimately be in your circle I just talked about. And then, so finally to finish this up, uh, this last one, I, I actually heard about it a couple of years ago on a TV show. And I thought it was really silly and really quite goofy. But then somebody else mentioned it um, this past week. And then also I was listening to a podcast the other night and it was with George St. Pierre, the, the fighter. And he is a bad dude. If you don't watch um, UFC, he, well, he's retired now, but phenomenal fighter. And so what they all mentioned is a thing that's called the Superman syndrome. And basically what that is, is before you start any event, so work or sporting event or something that you're intimidated by or anything like that, if you know that you have put in the work to be successful at it, before you get started, and again, I know this sounds silly, but I've done it every day this week um, going into work, and it's unbelievable how it mentally tricks you and makes you better. But so before you get started, stand in front of a mirror, act like you're Superman, puff your chest up, put your arms down, get in a position that you just feel big and just ready. And then what you do for roughly a minute, you sit there and tell yourself why you're going to crush it, why you're going to dominate it and, you know, why you shouldn't be scared. And, you know, tell yourself if you're if you're calling people that, that day. You're like, I have called people. I have had people answer. I have made sales over the phone. I have done this. I know this stuff. Um, nobody works harder than me. Nobody's going to try and out call me today. Nobody's going to do this. Nobody's going to do that. And you just get yourself in a mindset that when you get out of that position and then go to work, you are just locked in. And again, I know that sounds silly, but it, it tricks your brain into just making you feel like a rock star. And so I'll finish this with talking about George St. Pierre. So like I said, he got on and was talking about this. And he said that if you'll notice the first couple of fights that he lost, it was not because the other guy was better. It was not because the other guy was stronger or faster or any of that stuff. He, he just didn't look comfortable. And so he said he actually went to a psychologist and they told him about this. And so after that, he told the UFC the only prerequisite before a fight is he wanted a full length mirror in his locker room. And he wanted them to come tell him two minutes before it was time to walk out that you have two minutes. He would have everybody leave and he would go and stand in front of this mirror and he would get big, get Superman proportion, you know. And he would sit there and tell himself, you are the baddest man alive. This guy doesn't even deserve to be in the ring with you. You're stronger. You're faster. You're trained harder. You're more skilled. Everything he does, you do better. Everything he thinks he's going to surprise you with, you already know what you're going to do. Here's how you're going to crush this man. You are going to embarrass this man. You are going to come out of this so victorious they speak your name. And he said he would just sit there for a minute straight, just looking straight into this mirror, feeling big, feeling strong. And then he would turn out, walk out. And after he started doing that, he never lost again in the ring. And he said that when he walked into that, in, in front of that mirror, he was terrified. 
because he does not enjoy fighting, but he loved the discipline of it. He said, as soon as he got done doing this Superman syndrome, when he walked out, he was not the same guy because he tricked his mind into knowing it is go time and go out, work and show this man what's up. And so, again, those are just a couple of things that I've learned in the last week or two that you guys might have already stopped listening. And I, I know some of this is silly, but it really, really made an impact for me. And so I just wanted to tell you guys, because, again, the, the ultimate goal of this is to make an impact, to help you guys, to help me, to help everybody just take it to the next level. And um, so with that being said, thank you again for listening. Uh, if, if there's anything that you guys do that is similar to those kind of things, please let me know because I'm very interested. Also, if you try any of these and they really help you, let me know. Um, if, if you need somebody to hold you accountable to your how, your who, your why, please, again, let me know and I will help you. Um, if I can. So again, that being said, have a great weekend. Let's crush it. Um, you know, work this weekend, get ready for next week and let's go.